0: Well, good morning, Fourth Church family. It is good to see you and to be with you this day. I am eager to come to know you and to serve you in ways that I can in this brief period called interim. It is quite a day here at Fourth. It is Reformation Sunday, which shows up in our music and prayers and their bagpipes. This is the first time I have the privilege to preach with you, and so I'd like to tell you a bit about myself, but there are other more important things, so we'll do that another time. Namely, it's Stewardship Commitment Sunday. If that's, not, if that's not cheery enough, our text today is the death of Moses. I'm preaching my first sermon to you on the death of Moses on Stewardship Commitment Sunday. We can all check that off our bucket list. Well, let's get to it. Let's turn to our second reading, listen to this, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news, holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. The kingdom has come near. Jesus, with these words, begins his ministry, the kingdom of God or the reign of God or God's promised day. It is a life, it is a way of being with God and being with one another that Jesus gave his life to make possible for you and me. But the truth is, it is a day we have never seen, not in all of its fullness, but it is a day, a way of living toward which all of us live every day. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of the promised day of God. Maybe you think of the folks down at Chicago Lights, real busy working crossword puzzles because everyone has enough today. Maybe you think of The children in the land that Jesus called home, singing songs with one another rather than hiding in bunkers and rubble because their parents have stopped choosing violence. Maybe you think of neighbors coming home from a bowling alley, grousing about their score, but coming home nevertheless. Maybe you think of simpler things, like old burdens set down, old injuries being comforted, old fears being calmed. I don't know what you think of when you think of life being lived as God intends it for you and me. But Jesus said he could show us that life and when we see it, we immediately recognize it as home. The scripture said that Moses... His vigor was unabated and his eyesight unimpaired, a circumstance I find increasingly impressive. (laughs) And at the Lord's command, he dies. But before Moses dies, God drags Moses up Nebo to show him the land of promise. And as God does this, God reminds Moses, you can't go in there, home. Your home, it's right there, but you can't go in. It's kind of like we as kids used to say, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you can't go in there. Why would God do that? It's bad enough that God forbids Moses, his faithful servant, from entering the land of promise. Moses spent his whole life leading this people who grumbled all the time Admittedly, they grumble because they didn't have things like food, water. I've known Presbyterians who grumble when they don't have the the right wine pairing. (laughs) Moses spends his entire life as a scout leader on this unending wilderness campout every day saying, it's out there, kids, it's out there. The land that God promised, it's out there. And here in his last moment, God takes Moses up Nebo and says, look, there it is. Everything I promised you, it's all there. Moses did spend his whole life living toward that land, and I think this is the point. I think what God is doing is taking Moses up that mountain and showing him, look, Everything I promised you, it's true. Everything I promised, it's all true. Everything you've based your life on is all true. This has been my experience with the kingdom of God or God's promised day. It is a day we've never seen, not in all its fullness, but here and there, now and then, we get glimpses of it. This promised life breaks in in ways, and we get a glimpse of the way God intends us all to be. And we find ourselves standing on Nebo and God whispering in your ear, there it is. Everything I promised you, it's true. It was 1987... The bicentennial celebration of the drafting of the U.S. Constitution was underway. On a bright September morning, Chief Justice Warren Burger waxed nostalgic. He said, if we keep faith with the vision of the founders, we will have done our part to see that the great new idea of government by we the people remains in place. Burger believed our calling was to stay true to a vision held in 1787. Associate Justice Thurgood Marshall offered an alternative voice. Marshall had argued Brown versus the Board of Education before the court in 54. And in 1967, he was appointed as the first African-American justice to sit on the court on the land's highest court. Marshall warned The focus of this celebration invites a complacent belief that the vision of those in Philadelphia already have yielded this more perfect union we are said to enjoy. Marshall added, The government the framers devised was defective from the start requiring multiple amendments, a civil war, a momentous social transformation to better realize the promise of a more just society. Credit for the Constitution and its present meaning belongs not to the framers, Marshall concluded, but to those who refuse to acquiesce to outdated notions of liberty, justice, and equality and strive to better them. Marshall believed in America but only because he trusted America was still becoming. He believed in an America he could not yet see or perhaps saw only in glimpses but he trusted she was out there and he trusted she was worth living toward. I think our faith is like that. Every day. We live toward a day we've never known, but trust is out there. And now and then, God gives us a glimpse. There it is. It's all true. And if you are like me, this is the reason you make a pledge to this church. More than anything else, the work of Fourth Church is a declaration of hope in who we can become, is it not? It was early in my ministry and I got a call late. It was a Friday night. Young woman said, Reverend R, we need to see you. It's our marriage. I said, oh, okay. I said, I have some time tomorrow. She said, excellent, we'll be there at 7.30. (laughs) I said, in the morning. Um, So there's no hiding this. You'll learn this about me. I'm, I'm not a morning person. I know there are those who spring to life with the rising of the sun, they are those for whom Jesus also died. <laughs> but I think the promised day of God, in the promised day of God, we'll have maybe, I don't know, three mornings a week. It shouldn't be banned altogether, but having one over day is, every day is overdoing it, I think. Nevertheless, I rose with my alarm. I stopped for a bucket of coffee and I arrived. They were waiting for me. We walked in. I said, so tell me about it. She said, well, we're just nothing alike. We're absolutely nothing alike. I said, so tell me about it. She said, well, for example, last Saturday we woke up and I said, what do you want to do today? What what do you want to do today? I was thinking that maybe we could work in the yard some before it gets too hot. Uh, We could mow the lawn and then we could plant those shrubs I got on Tuesday. And then maybe maybe you could hang the ceiling fan in the den while I'm at the grocery store. And after that, we should paint the porch swing. It really needs painting. But after we've paid the bills, I, I don't think we should work all day. We should drive out to the beach, take a long walk, find inner peace. On the way back, we could stop for lunch. But but that's just me. What do you want to do today, she asked. He said, I was thinking about getting some coffee. She said, that's it? That's all you want from the day is coffee? He said, well, it's a start. She looked at me. She said, you see our problem, don't you, Reverend? Reverend. I looked at my coffee. (laughs) I, I used to be her, except for the morning part. I used to be seize the day, build it and they will come, take no prisoners, on to victory. If Jesus could bring the kingdom of heaven near, we could bring it here. Maybe it's my age, but my expectations have moderated a bit. We as a people of faith, simply do not have the influence we once assumed we held. Time has taught me that the church is not always lost in wonder, love, and praise. Sometimes we're just lost. Don't get me wrong. There are amazing things that happen in church. There are amazing things that happen in this church and you don't have to be here but 72 hours to see that. Jesus is Lord, but like him, we too still live in Herod's world. And the only power you and I have is love. And love is a power, but it is a tender power. It is a strength, but it is a vulnerable strength. And the victories of love are often modest. When we look at the world, in the needs of the world that we are in just this week, we as people of faith don't feel very strong. And I wouldn't blame you if it challenged your hope. But I also know if you keep your eyes open now and then, Here and there, you will get a glimpse of that coming day. You will get a glimpse of that promised day. From time to time, you will find yourself standing on Nebo and God whispers in your ear, there it is, everything I have promised you, it is true. The congregation I served in Jacksonville, Florida, was across the street from a public park. Some of the unhoused in Jacks called it home. Often, on my way from the parking lot to the church, uh, one of the residents there would come and ask me for some spare change or a cup of coffee. One morning, I was walking from the church to a coffee shop. Just, just down the block when one of the guys from the park spotted me. He said, "Um, Reverend, do you mind if I come with you? Could I go with you? I said, sure, come on. I ordered my coffee and I said, I'll get whatever he's getting. And he put some change down on the counter. He said, I just want water, please, but I'd like to buy this man's coffee. I said, I'm sorry, you you want to buy my coffee? I don't understand. He said, you're the pastor of that church there, right? I said, yes. He said, you have a really wonderful choir. I said, yes, we do. He said, I used to sing in the choir when I was in college. You, you were in college? Yes, and until my mom got sick and I had to drop out. But I loved the music. And Michael, your custodian, he lets me in on Thursday when they rehearse and I lie in a pew up in the balcony and I just listen and Reverend, it's the best part of my week. For an hour, I am just surrounded by beauty. Don't you love it when you're just surrounded by beauty? So I just wanna buy you a cup of coffee and ask you if you would just thank the singers in your church for being the best part of my week. I said, I'm sorry. What's your name?" He said, My name is Gabriel. I said, Your name is Gabriel. <laughs> he said, Yes, Reverend, it's a name from the Bible. I, 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 know, I, know, I, I know the name Gabriel. I said, Gabriel, would you like to come and sing with our choir? He said, No, I don't sing anymore but tell them last week's anthem by Rudder. It's one of my favorites. You know, Reverend, someday, he said, it'll be like that. We'll all be just surrounded by beauty. Enjoy your coffee." And he disappeared in the crowd. Like you, I served a church that was surrounded by the unhoused. It was more than we could change, addressing the need left us feeling inadequate every day. And yet sometimes we get a glimpse of that new day that is coming, that day when we will be surrounded by beauty and God whispers in your ear, don't give up, don't let go, everything I promised you is true. Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near, and from time to time I've gotten glimpses of it, and I bet you have too. In the walk of faith, our victories are modest. The needs of the world are overwhelming and sometimes we feel small because the only power we have is love. And love is a power, but it is a tender power. It is a strength, but it is a vulnerable strength. And often her victories are modest. But Fourth Church, keep doing the good that is yours to do. Keep sharing the love that is yours to share, and God will use that to lead us to that promised day. But until that day comes, in all its glory, keep your eyes open, and from time to time, here and there, you will find your feet firmly planted on Nebo, and God will whisper, See, everything I promised you, It's all true. Everything you've based your life on, it's all true. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.